This is Live Well Talk on New Clinician Spotlight. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UnityPoint Health, St. Luke's Hospital. Today is another installment of Meeting the New Clinician. Uh, this is a series we started in the podcast, and it's really been exciting, and we've gotten great feedback from our listeners and viewers, uh, because I think people, staff and patients, they, they want to know who's taking care of them. They want to know something about them. But our guest today is uh, my new friend and colleague, Dr. Arpit Sothwal, a physician at St. Luke's Heart Care Clinic. He's joined the cardiologist. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's Thanks nice for to having here. me here. Yeah, Dr. you bet. So tell us a little bit about where, where were you from? What brought you to Cedar Rapids? So I grew up in, in India and I did my schooling in India. And it's a small town, like I would say Cedar Rapids, Iowa City size town. Okay. And I went my schooling there and medical school there. And then, you know, I came to U.S. and I did my fellowship at at uh, the program name is the Wright Center for Graduate Medical Education in Scranton, Pennsylvania. So I did my residency and fellowship both there for six years. I lived there for six years. And then after my fellowship training, I moved to Cedar Rapids and I was interviewing several places and I like the Midwest and I have long term plan to stay here. Good. And uh, I got opportunity to work at Unity Point and I think that's best for me and I can that's improve myself and, you know, I can do some good job here. I, I mean, I, I'm obviously a little biased. I, this is my hometown. Uh, I was born here at St. Luke's, you know, and uh, despite being away for went to co-college, despite medical school and some training, you know, I came back after I practiced in Grinnell for five years and I just... I think Cedar Rapids is just a good town, you know. I, I think love it. Good people and just decent Iowa nice people and great patients. So grateful for the care they provide. I mean, um, it's a good place to raise kids. Uh, it, it, speaking of that, uh, do you have children? Yeah, we just have a newborn, and that's why I look a little tired. Uh-huh. He's a good boy, but it's like three months old. And is that your first? First one, and oh we are gosh. having fun. So he is a fun kid, and we are enjoying, and... I'm glad, you know, I heard a lot of good thing about Cedar Rapids and Iowa itself, you know, state, it's a good state to raise kids and we are at the right place and we are excited about that. I, w- I won't brag about the weather, that's for sure. No, in no, that's fine because I lived in Pennsylvania and we have, we are used to with the cold now. So that's, and but summers are beautiful. There is no complaint about summer. Yeah. A couple of months of winter, we can yeah. say about that, but... I like it. You know, the community is so good and patients, they are very, very good. I love taking care of those farmers and all those oh, patients yeah. around. They're, They're so, so grateful nice. for the They're care. so they... grateful yeah. for everything what we do here to make, you know, to make them better. And that's the fun part of coming for work every day when yeah. you feel like they appreciate your help. And that makes you, you know, come back to work tomorrow morning. It, so. it, it, you know, it's I've been doing it for 25 years. I definitely think it's I still get up every morning and say this is this is a privilege and an opportunity and I don't know if I'd do anything different. There's some days on my way home that I think I might do something different, but I get up the next morning and I'm ready to come back. You know what I mean? And that's that's a gift, you know, if you can get up and feel feel like this this is a place you want to work, you know. Yeah. I really do enjoy it here. Um so first child, mine are eighteen and twenty one. In I, I know this is cliche. But enjoy every moment because it goes fast. Before you know, they're taller than you, and it just goes so fast. So enjoy. Every day is different. Yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying no, it's, every day. It, it's, Today I like, oh, he's doing something different. So 
that's fun. So why why cardiology? What 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 did you like about that? That so that is came from when I was in you know medical school and you know when you are in medical school you learn everything. And yeah. I think cardiology has the. I'm not biased about the cardiology. Every field has their you know things, but most cutting edge technology and you know most clinical research and you see the improvement in the things and there are a lot of devices which really makes a lot of difference in you know someone's life and it's always fascinating to me you know reading an EKG and you can diagnose like you can see like what's going on in their heart so that's like a fascinating for me and I was always like in after a couple of years of my medical school I leaned towards the cardiology and Did that you? was my dream so that's I'm following my dream so yeah I'm lucky one and I I fortunate one, you know, I'm able to follow my dream. So now in, in cardiology, obviously cardiology is a huge continuum, yeah. keeps expanding with structural heart and non-invasive technology, which we've had multiple podcasts where we've had, you know, the structural heart team, Tavers, et cetera, on here. Uh, but what, what are your clinical interests within cardiology? So I do enjoy taking care of most complex patient, which is congestive heart failure and I started doing clinic here at Unity Point and that's my area of expertise. And during fellowship, we had opportunity to do practice in the heart failure field. And we had LVAD program in my fellowship and I really loved it. These are more complex patients which needs like very frequent and very delicate care. You cannot just like see one time and let it go for six months. They are so sick. Initially, you have to see them like every week or every other week or every month. And that makes me feel happy once you see like, oh, EF was 10% and after six months, whatever the work you do. And that's, I give credit to the patient because they do their work. That's why their EF improves and their heart improves. And then six months later, you see their EF is 55%. And that make me feel happy. And, you know, I feel like, yeah, so that whenever I encounter those kind of patients, I tell them like, this is a partnership. You are more important than what I'm doing, because if you are not doing the thing which we are asking, then we cannot help you. So they listen and, you know, we see the improvement and I love taking care of, you know, complex congenital, sorry, the congestive heart failure patient. And other thing is a structural TEs. So that's another my area of, you know, interest and kind of expertise you know, doing structural T for, for mitra clip and watchman device and all those things. Yeah. There's so, so many devices coming so out. So many things. Yeah. So, you know, it's a de- cardiology is definitely an EP as well. You know, electrophysiology definitely leading the pack right now. A couple of years ago it was GI and I think cardiology kind of see them pulling ahead with all these devices coming out, which is fun. Um, well, I think, you know, one of the questions we always ask is what kind of physician are you? But you, the, the, I think you already answered that question by saying your partnership with a patient yeah. to achieve the healthcare yeah. goals that they want. Yeah. And for me, like every patient is individual. I treat as an individual because, yeah, sometimes the guidelines and all those evidence-based things, you try to do the evidence-based thing, but it doesn't go into every patient because those are the trial patients. So every yeah, patient absolutely. is individual and then... You know, you go from there. So, you know, that's interesting you say that. I've said on another podcast and said it to other colleagues that during the pandemic, physicians, or at least I felt this and I observed this, we were put in this role as epidemiologists, public health, 
but but we're not. I mean, I don't make decisions for a community, right? I make decisions based upon interviewing my patient and their unique history and what can we do as best for them. Um, and it's it's hard to make a decision for a whole community, but it's easy to make it for the patient because you make it with them and you say, here's the risk, here's the benefits, how do you want to do this? So it, 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 yeah, it really illustrates the, the, the power of that doctor-patient relationship. And I, I definitely... I think there's two types of clinicians, or you have to be two types, because there's two types of patients. You either have to be fraternal, they they want to co-management with you, they want to discuss it, they want to make the decision together. And then also you have kind of a paternal, where, you know, they, they trust and they just want to be told what to do. They don't really, you know, it's whatever I have to do, you know, where they're like, just tell me what to do, or, you know, uh, which kind of, it, it's, it's, uh, it's humbling. And it's also kind of endearing, you know, they're great patients to take care of. Uh, I really do. You know, when you talk about heart failure, when 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 I was a medical student, you know, Captopril came out. And that was only one, three times a day. And, you know, the chance, if you had L, significant LV dysfunction, the chance of you live in five years is pretty low at that time. You know, now it's, I mean, you see people that have been walking around with the EFs suppressed for 20 years. You know, so it's really changed. Yeah, everything. It's not has a changed. heart failure is not a death sentence. It, it was at one time. Yeah, it's it's not a death sentence, and we have the medicine. All those new medicine every year. There is yeah. something new is coming, and now if you go through the heart failure, they say like four pillars of medications. These are totally different as compared to twenty years ago. Yeah. Because now we don't talk about ACE. We directly talk about Entresto. Yeah. Which is a newer medicine. It's not new anymore, and it a lot of you know, clinical trials with the huge number of patients and then the Farsiga, the SGL2, yes. SGLT2 inhibitors. So those are the new pillars of, you know, heart failure. So now, you know, all heart failure society and guidelines, they say you have to use all four pillars of the heart failure. You know, your your colleague, Dr. McMahon, says that those SGL2s are, they're heart medications that happen to treat diabetes, not diabetes medications that he, you know, he says that because the survival date on that's amazing. Yeah. It really is. So, um, so, and then other things are all those technology that we have more help from the EP. We didn't have so much of by ICDs in the past and we are using that now very often. And, you know, a lot of those, you know, cutting edge technology, which is helping the heart failure patient and improving their survival including that advanced heart failure where you can talk about, you know, the LVAD to the destination, which improves their output. So when I was uh, in the long run, so. earlier in my career, uh, had uh, a th- retired physician in my practice and he was in his late nineties and he since passed away, but he was an internist and he was in San Diego and he was telling me to earn extra money as a young doctor. He'd be at the, the doctor for hotels and that like the patients would have heart failure and they just put him in bed for a month and then come by every other day and give him uh, shots of furosemide and digitalis. And that's all they had, you know. And, uh, yeah, it was just interesting how things have changed over time. And uh, and it's I, – I do think in cardiology you do keep those diagnostic skills. Uh, cardiologists are pretty good internists. Nephrologists are good internists, you know, internal medicine, physician bias, of course. Well, that's enough talk about shop. What do you do for fun? So I'm the outdoor guy. Are you? In the free time, I go for biking and 
the Iowa has really good biking trails. So I enjoy that. I go to different, different places. Yeah. And then, you know, hiking and swimming. And I love to travel whenever I get a chance. I'm not working over the weekend. I go some new town. So, you know, that's like I explore the new places. So that's my fun part. That's that's really cool. Yeah. That's fun. What's it, it's, what's your wife do? I mean, she uh, she's also a physician. She's a nephrologist. Okay. Yeah. Where at? She works at University of Iowa. Okay. All right. We won't hold that against her. You know, she, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. maybe she'll come up here someday. We'll, we'll work on her. Yeah. We'll work on her. Great. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed sitting down with you. This is uh, Dr. Southwall. He has joined cardiology. He's going to join a great group of physicians. He's been a great addition. Uh, and it was nice to talk to you. And I think listeners are going to enjoy uh, listening to this podcast and get learn a little bit about you and, um, the, and I, I will confirm to them, I've never seen you without a smile on your face. Thank you so, so much. So listeners and viewers, this it's all the time. Once again, it's Dr. Arpit Southwall, a physician with St. Luke's Heart Care Clinic. If you're interested in scheduling an appointment with Dr. Southwall, call St. Luke's Heart Care Clinic at 319-364-7101. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.